Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act... That sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. A well-known doctor was brutally attacked in his home. Investigators discovered the telephone traffic near the victim's home increased substantially within seconds of the crime. Those calls, tracked with a sophisticated forensic computer program, uncovered an international conspiracy. Dr. Lewis Davidson was one of the most respected pediatricians in St. Petersburg, Florida. At 38 years old, he was head of pediatric emergency medicine at the Bayfront Medical Center. It was all about the patient, the baby, the toddler, the child. He treated them each with utmost respect. Um, Never a snide comment. And he gave 100% of himself to each child. And his, he was so smart, he was almost scary. On January 25, 1994, Dr. Davidson finished his work at the hospital and headed home to get some sleep. Dr. Davidson's girlfriend stopped by his apartment later that day. And this is what she saw. She had her own key to the apartment and she used her key to enter the apartment and as she walked in she saw this crime scene where stuff was just spewed all over the place she walked back and found him in the tub dr davidson was dead in the bathtub he had been beaten and apparently drowned detective mike salona was assigned to the case his identity is concealed because he's now working undercover the master bedroom closet had obviously been gone through clothing pulled off hangers thrown on the floor. However, one of the items that was still in the closet was a garment bag, and in the bottom of the garment bag was $20,000 in cash. Meaning the motive wasn't robbery. The crime scene had been staged to make it appear to be robbery. Davidson's girlfriend told police that the doctor had been receiving strange telephone calls at home over the past several weeks. Sometimes they'll come at three in the morning, sometimes four in the morning. She says that someone calls and then hangs up, looking just to see if there was somebody home in that apartment. 
investigators found their first piece of forensic evidence on a tile floor in the doctor's apartment. Tile floors are very conducive to leaving evidence, especially shoe prints. Tile is flat and non-porous, a perfect template for prints. So technicians dusted the area. And just as they expected, a shoe impression appeared. Next, they used a gel pad and pushed the adhesive onto the print, which fixes the dust in position for later analysis. It was amazing to me that that shoe print was preserved. Normally, it, that shoe print could have been destroyed in many different ways by detectives and officers and paramedics going in and out of that residence. But some, somehow, that shoe print survived. The impression was sent to the FBI in Washington, D.C., to their footwear impression department. There, the print was compared to the thousands of shoe impressions on file. FBI experts noticed it was a size 9 sneaker and was new. Their comparisons revealed it was a Voigt brand shoe, a relatively obscure brand. But homicide investigators needed more than one shoe impression to find the killer. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Investigators were still processing the crime scene when news of Dr. Davidson's death was released to the media. It was on the news. And just the way he died was so horrific that it was, like, too hard to grasp. The doctor's co-workers could think of no one who would want to harm him. But investigators discovered that Dr. Davidson was going through a divorce. His wife, Denise, a former finalist in the Miss Jamaica beauty pageant, was asking for custody of their eight-year-old daughter, something the doctor was resisting. When police told Denise that her husband had been murdered, she appeared to have information that hadn't yet been released to the media. Here is Denise Davidson asking the detectives that telling her her husband was found murdered at his apartment, well, was it a robbery? Now suspicious, 
police placed Denise Davidson under 24-hour surveillance. Three days later, Denise made an unusual trip. She walks in and goes to a Western Union. When she leaves, we walk in right behind her and determine that she's using Western Union and she sends a $1,200 money transfer. Denise had used an alias for the transfer, Pauline White. The money was sent to a Robert Gordon in Miami. It's being sent by a Pauline White, which is not Denise Davidson's name. It's obvious, that's a different name. Fictitious address, fictitious phone number. But we watched her send it. Robert Gordon was an acquaintance of Miami nightclub owner Leo Cisneros, who also happened to be Denise Davidson's current boyfriend and the father of her unborn child. Cisneros allegedly had ties to Jamaican drug trafficking. Flight records indicated that Leo Cisneros flew to Jamaica on the day of Dr. Davidson's murder. And telephone records indicated that Denise Davidson made numerous calls to Robert Gordon on the morning her husband was murdered. Between 9.30 in the morning and 11.30 in the morning, a two-hour period, there are 52 telephone calls made from Denise Davidson's house to Robert Gordon's pager. Investigators now believed that Denise Davidson knew more about her husband's murder than she admitted, and they asked the court for permission to wiretap her telephone. That order was granted, but it didn't reveal what investigators hoped for. I called the Western Union place and they said the money is available to be picked up. you got to remember, Denise Davidson from the beginning knew that her phones may be tapped. So she was careful with what she said and what she didn't say on the phone. Then, police noticed an irregularity. While Leo Cisneros was in Jamaica, someone was using his cell phone in Florida and those calls could be easily traced. When someone makes a cell phone call, the signal goes through a series of what are known as cell site towers before it gets to an individual's phone. Police can trace a cell phone call by the identity of the towers the call uses. All of this cell tower and wiretap information is then put into the ACES computer program. ACES stands for Augmented Criminal Investigation Support System. This computer analysis revealed an important piece of information. Cisneros's cell phone was used on the morning of Dr. Davidson's murder from outside the doctor's apartment. A few hours later, calls were made from this motel near Dr. Davidson's apartment, and the calls continued while the individual headed south along Highway 60, Route 95, all the way to Miami. The last call that day used a cell tower a few blocks away from Robert Gordon's home. Gordon was the man Denise Davidson had wired $1,200 to a few days after the murder. When police visited the motel near Dr. Davidson's apartment, 
they discovered Robert Gordon had stayed there around the time of Dr. Davidson's murder. The maid recalls that there was something left behind in that room. One of their policies at the time was that if there were items left behind by a customer, they would put them in a bag with a card that had the date and the room number they were found, and they put them in a storage closet. The bag contained a sweatshirt and something investigators had been looking for since the day of the murder. We've got some shoes, sneakers to be exact. The same size as the impression found in the doctor's apartment. Investigators hoped this chance discovery would solve the murder. Denise Davidson had wired money to Robert Gordon in Miami just days after her husband's murder. Informants in Miami told police that Gordon had an associate, Merrill McDonald, who was with Gordon in St. Petersburg around the time of Dr. Davidson's murder. During questioning, both denied any involvement in the crime. They also denied owning the sweatshirt and sneakers left in their motel room. Technicians compared the shoe impression found on Dr. Davidson's tile floor with the sneakers from the motel. Both were size 9. Both were the obscure Voigt brand, and both were identical in wear patterns. The shoes matched Gordon's shoe size. Next, technicians analyzed the sweatshirt and discovered a number of head hairs, facial hairs, and some foreign fibers. The facial and head hairs were found inside the sweatshirt, not uncommon when someone is taking the garment off over his head. The hairs were unusual since they contained a chemical dye. A chemical analysis of that dye matched the dye found on the head and facial hair of the second suspect, Merrill McDonald. Mr. McDonald made the mistake of coloring his hair. The FBI lab was able to determine that the type of color used on this strand of hair was consistent with the type of coloring Mr. McDonald uses on his hair. Scientists also found blue cashmere fibers on the sweatshirt. Those fibers matched the victim's cashmere bathrobe. Finally, and most damning, a DNA analysis of blood found on the sweatshirt and sneakers was that of Dr. Davidson. One more nail has been put into the coffin of these two defendants, these two men that were hired to kill, that decided that money was more important than life. But investigators had no solid proof that Denise Davidson was involved in the murder plot. She stood to inherit more than a half million dollars from her estranged husband's life insurance policy, as well as gain full custody of their daughter. During hours of police interrogation, Denise insisted she didn't know Robert Gordon and Merrill McDonald and had nothing to do with their husband's murder. Denise was under police surveillance when she went to the Western Union office to transfer money to Robert Gordon but she signed the receipt using an alias, 
Pauline White. A forensic handwriting examiner compared the Pauline White signature to known handwriting samples of Denise Davidson. He concluded the same individual signed them both. Forensic technicians tested the receipts for latent or hidden fingerprints. They stained the receipt with ninhydrin, a chemical solution that turns the amino acids in finger oils purple. We have a process for fingerprints, and it's Denise Davidson's fingerprints on that piece of paper. And police found evidence that Denise Davidson purchased a man's gray sweatshirt and a pair of size 9 Voight sneakers just before her husband's murder, identical to the items found in the motel with her husband's bloodstains. Denise Davidson not only denied any involvement in her husband's murder, she now said she had evidence to prove it. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The forensic evidence clearly placed Robert Gordon and Merrill McDonald inside Dr. Davidson's apartment during his murder. The two people that were hired to do the killing, Mr. Gordon and Mr. McDonald, didn't know the doctor at all. The reason they took his life was strictly for monetary reasons. But just as police were about to arrest the victim's estranged wife, Denise, the case took an unexpected turn. Denise told police that the real killer had called her home while she was away and left a threatening message on her telephone answering machine. But police arrested Denise anyway, just as she was about to board a flight to Jamaica. She was very surprised when she saw me. And her first words were, Detective Salerno, what are you doing here? In October of 1995, Denise went on trial for soliciting her husband's murder. Denise took the stand in her own defense and told the jury about the threatening telephone call she received from the person she says was the real killer. But prosecutors were ready for her. Investigators had traced that call and discovered it had originated from the store where Denise worked. And Denise had been under police surveillance that day. I could see in her eyes she knew what was happening. And it almost looked at that time like the air had just been taken out of her. Prosecutors presented the jury with this surveillance video showing Denise entering the store shortly before the threatening call was placed and leaving just after the call was completed. When the state attorney directed the question to her as to whether that was her voice on that tape, she could only answer, I don't think so. 
And I think the jury saw what I saw, and that was fear in the eyes of a lady who hired two men to kill her husband. Prosecutors believe that Denise asked her boyfriend, Leo Cisneros, to kill her husband. Instead, Cisneros hired Robert Gordon and Merrill McDonald. The two tracked Dr. Davidson for days by calling his apartment. And the witness said they were at the hospital dressed like doctors trying to get Dr. Davidson's schedule. On the day of the murder, Dr. Davidson was running two hours late and didn't arrive home until 10 o'clock. This explains why Denise called Robert Gordon's pager 52 times between 8 and 10 o'clock that morning, apparently concerned about why the murder was delayed. When Gordon and McDonald knocked on the doctor's door, he answered in his bathrobe. In the scuffle... Dr. Davidson's robe, fibers, and blood got on McDonald's sweatshirt, the one Denise had purchased for him. After drowning Davidson in the bathtub, Gordon left his shoe imprint on the tile floor. And when McDonald removed the sweatshirt, he left evidence of his dye-colored head hairs. For some unknown reason, Gordon made the mistake of leaving the sneakers and sweatshirt behind at his motel, a motel identified through Denise's telephone calls. Prosecutors produced receipts showing Denise had sent Gordon and McDonald a total of $15,000. After a two-week trial, Denise Davidson was found guilty of solicitation for murder. She was sentenced to life in prison. If I had one one line description of Denise Davidson, would be she's a cold-hearted bitch. Robert Gordon and Merrill McDonald were tried and convicted of first-degree murder. They were both sentenced to death. Denise's boyfriend, Leo Cisneros, who allegedly hired the hitman, has not been captured. He is believed to be in Jamaica or Venezuela. Investigators say the mountain of forensic evidence against Denise paints an unmistakable portrait of greed and premeditation. The forensic technicians in this case did an excellent job. They worked on this case tediously. They were able to develop evidence that was not visible to the naked eye. And because of their dedication, they were able to use this evidence in court to gain a conviction. One thing I learned from this case is if you're going to commit a crime, be careful about today's technology. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. 
Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done.